Hello and welcome to the Mountain Pod episode four. This week I chat to Tim um, Tim Longstaff from Supportia Brewing Company. Now Supportia were one of the first mountain breweries, if you will, who began brewing craft beer up in the mountains. Um, craft beer came uh, reasonably late to the, uh, the Alps, but it's now taken off in quite a good way. And Tim's been at the forefront of that uh, expansion. So I thought it'd be good to get him on and chat about beer up in the mountains. Um, they're a really interesting company. They do as much as they can, eco-friendly. They're very environmentally conscious. And they make really good beer, um, which I'm very appreciative of. And I'm sure some of you listening may have tried it and you will also be appreciative. Um, Tim's a really good guy, really interesting guy to chat to, um, really engaging. I... Yeah, we started, we started off the chat not actually talking about beer. Um, we were talking about the curfew up here and how it compares to the lockdown in the UK. But we do go on to talk about craft beer and all things such as sour beers and the new the new trends out there. Um, and what will happen to pubs and when things are reopen and our hopes for the future when they do, um, which is very exciting, isn't it? Um, hopefully we can all be in the pub soon rather than you having to put on a podcast and listen to me talk instead anyway uh, do i enjoy chatting to him i hope you enjoy listening to him i'll be back at the end as always so yeah please enjoy i find lockdown all right i'm glad we're doing a proper lockdown yeah 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 it's not lockdown in france i always forget it's not lockdown it's more what is the word? Just curfew. Curfew, yeah. It's lockdown light. It's uh, it's more. I guess to five o'clock, and you're like, shit. Need to get to the supermarket. What am I going to do for dinner? Yeah, the little sherpa there, right in front. Um, it's like empty all day, and then about half five, it's just people everywhere. Panic buying. Yeah, panic buying. <laughs> um, and I've been working in the day, so I've kind of finish um, finish it like. I try and get a walk in just before six. But apparently they're just circling about half six the gendarme come around, sweep anyone off the streets. And that's the only check they do. So you can just go um go a friend said he was at a party actually till four. I probably shouldn't say his I won't say his name, but <laughs> he was at a party till half four, um just walked home, no problems. But it is weird. It's it's a weird feeling knowing you're not allowed to go out at night. In some ways, it almost feels worse <clears throat> than yeah. the lockdown. Yeah. Um, because there's that almost, it seems like a really basic freedom that yeah. you're not allowed to have. Yeah. But I'd much rather have my 12 hours of freedom during the day to go skiing yeah. and stuff than, yeah. than not have it at all. It's true, actually, because in lockdown, you can actually go. Um, out at night, can't you? Yeah, yeah you can you do your one hour of exercise yeah. at midnight if you wanted to, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Obviously, yeah. if you've got a dog, you can do what you want. Yeah. That's the key. Get a dog. Really? Because well, if, if you can just be walking your dog. So you'll, that, so you'll they'll, they'll let you yeah, off? Yeah, yeah, you can go wherever you want with a dog. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can go to parties, you can go about. Not advocating breaking <laughs> curfew, obviously. And dogs, dog, dog, dog. dogs are for life, not just for breaking curfew. But, um, just call it, get a party dog, call it something after some kind of... Yeah, yeah. well, I just think it's not a business, just like rent a dog. Right. So if you're going to uh, if you're going to a party, you can just borrow a dog for the night. He's got this picture of this poor dog, just sick of loud music, <laughs> sick of drunk people, sat in the corner of a party, just being like, oh, not another party. <laughs> You know, maybe they'll get into it. Mm. Um, or it's a dog lead, and pretend your dogs run off. Even easier. 
<laughs> so I just walk around with a dog yeah. shouting his you name. You see the dog? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, the perfect yeah. crime. I don't... Have you heard of anyone actually getting fined or caught after six? No. No, even... I think even if you're out and about and they just stop you and as long as you're not taking the piss. All right. I think you're all right. Yeah. What are we taking the piss? Having a dog leave without a dog. Having a dog leave without a dog. <laughs> <laughs> together professionally from the bar mm-hmm. um, I wasn't there when you first came into the bar but I was back in, in London and uh, you came in and apparently you'd had a long day or something <laughs> it's funny I was thinking about this this morning yeah <laughs> and you had trying to sell your beer yeah. <laughs> and it wasn't going well or something you... no yeah that must have been uh, July or August 2018 yeah because we the, the business kind of the, the first ever time we brewed a beer was May 2018 yeah. on a small homebrew homebrew wow. homebrew kit and we had the big brewery installed in uh, like October 2018 yeah. so in between that time it was like trying to find clients because yeah. we had a bloody 10,000 litre brewery that was about to arrive <laughs> so we needed to sell some beer to, like, to sell and we needed to have clients to sell it to yeah. so um, uh, our, our, our sales technique so our is, is me and Ash yeah. my business partner yeah so our um, our sales technique is normally just to go to somewhere and like a town or a ski resort yeah. and just walk around, go into bars that we think could have potential yeah. and order a pint. And then after after you kind of get that kind of courage from the beer yeah. and then you chat to the owners of the bar yeah. and it's either a good discussion or a bad discussion or right. an indifferent discussion. Teen had been a very tough nut to crack, that's for sure. <laughs> and uh, it hadn't been going very well. And... Um, we were just driving down, actually looking out the window, I can see the road that we drove down. So we, we drove down, um, your bar box is just above the hill and you can just sort of see a peak peeking over and I was like, you know, we were pretty like, let's just go home. And I was like, what's that over the hill? Let's just go and, go and see. <laughs> so we wandered in, we're like, we're not even going to try and sell them beer. We just have, <laughs> we're just going to have a beer. So it must have been Ralph yeah, and Charlie. Ralph, yeah, yeah, Ralph, yeah. partner Ralph. And, yeah. Um, we just went and had a beer and we just sat there like sort of drowning our sorrows a bit and he goes, what are you, what are you boys up to? And we're like, <laughs> funny story actually. <laughs> we're opening a brewery and we're trying to flog some beer. <laughs> and uh, he was like, oh what? Well, we're looking for a local brewery. And I was like, ah, here we go. So <clears throat> the day was salvaged, but it, yeah. It's, if I find in, 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 in life and especially in business these weird connections just seem to yeah. happen. Yeah, yeah. And they turn into something. Well, no, it was really, it was really good that you came in because Ralph was right. We, where can we get like a local craft ale? Because I don't know what your thoughts on it are, but when we opened the bar, there was, there was one option, I think, um, in terms of uh, IPA. So we're the main distributor. With, um, with the contract we signed with Heineken, they were like, this is your option. I think Heineken were trying to push their, it was <laughs> 871 wild beer. It was like this like ridiculously Heineken branded craft beer. Yeah, yeah. And by, you know, obviously by its nature, a Heineken craft, not craft, craft beer. beer was not craft beer. So there was no, was that, was that how the idea started? Were you looking around going, there's no craft beer in France or in the mountains? Or was it just, we want to make beer? I feel like we need to, 
Let's go back a few years, I think. So, um, let's yeah. go back in time. So, I yeah. was. So, we can go back to basically when I was born. <laughs> Tell me everything. Yeah, yeah. So, um, my my dad and Ash's dad uh, were very, really good mates. And Ash knew me as a baby. Ash is a little bit older than me. But then, when, when I was maybe two, I think he moved to Belgium. All right. So, we never knew each other as. Yeah. Kids and teenagers and, and stuff growing up. And then, so fast forward to me at university in yeah. 2010. That was when craft beer was just, yeah. in the UK, it was just sweeping like yeah. like a global pandemic, for example. And, um, <laughs> and uh, it was funny. I remember like in the space of a month, every bar was suddenly like, we saw craft beer. Yeah. Like literally overnight. It was yeah. really like quite, quite mm-hmm. mind-blowing. Mm-hmm. And there's a, couple of people who really sort of got me into it um like i was very much just mm. drinking cheap cheap lager drink, yeah you know whatever like just yeah, yeah not really that fussed by it and a good friend of mine matt who was a who was a dj who's djing in newcastle at the time he was living in brighton coming to newcastle dj but brighton was already six months ahead of the curve mm. so you know they they did craft beer way before we before yeah. it was cool sort of thing <laughs> and uh he was like you need to try this you need to try this you need to try this and Slowly got a kind of yeah. into drinking beer, and it—I wouldn't say I became like a beer snob or a beer nerd, but an appreciation was for yeah. that kind of thing. And then in 2013, I came out did my first winter season. Uh, I was living in in Borgstam Reese down the valley from Teen mm. and stuff, and it is there is the cliche thing in the Alps that for for Apre you just drink shit beer. And that's yeah. what everyone like. My dad's always said that. That's what yeah. everyone says. Like beer yeah. in the mountains is crap. Yeah. And it was true, and I was just like, mm, I'm sure a brewery would be pretty cool out here. Yeah. But it was like such a passing thought. Um, you know, I didn't know the first thing about how you make beer and, and anything like that. And I think back then someone was, there was a British guy, I think, trying to do it, mm. but it was just too early. Right. It was far too early. And then um, in 2015, me and Ash met up properly. Uh, he was a mountain bike race, and I went and helped out on that. Mm. And we went on a few trips together, mountain biking, and I've just remember talking about beer mm. like all the time because he grew up in Belgium, so his reference is like the kind of strong yeah. Belgian beers. And for me, I'd had that UK American yeah. craft beer thing, and um, but even then, there was never anything of like let's start a brewery. Yeah, it was yeah. just like you know, just both of us getting more and more interested in beer. Yeah, and then I remember in must have been January 2018 I just got a text saying do you think we should learn how to brew beer <laughs> totally out of the blue totally out of the blue and that's kind of how it all came to be um, so I guess coming back round to your original question like why we did it yeah it is purely out of annoyance that finishing an end of a day skiing or mountain biking or whatever it is you do in the, in the mountains you could you, ca- you couldn't get a good beer mm. Um, and by good I don't mean some like fancy IPA that's got yeah. like 20 different hops in it yeah. I just mean like something that's like brewed locally brewed well yeah uh, and isn't just like mass produced fizzy yeah shit basically yeah <laughs> and, you know, it's like yeah. any any most businesses come out of a need to to solve a problem and yeah, yeah. our problem is crap beer yeah 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 well that's we certainly felt that when we opened the, the bar is like where where's the where are the options for the other beer? Where's is it, is it simply you know, entry level lagers like <laughs> like you know you're you'd have some cheap mass produced lager, and don't get me wrong like, 
is something you can't get away from. You have to have it on. Yeah. Equally, I mean, how do you feel about it? So I feel now, I mean, your beer, I think is our best-selling beer. And that's changed uh, over the year to a few years we've been doing it. It's definitely improved. I think it's a testament to how good your product is. But also I think there is a change in preferences, I think. Mm. Especially for our kind of bar, mm. which isn't... Um, it's not a mental apres like yeah. smashing cheap pints. Yeah. yeah, it's more of a local and it's a bit different and people do come in there to enjoy, enjoy a drink rather than smash beers into them. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think... You know, we've all got um, a certain amount of money that we always put to one side yeah. a month that we want to spend on yeah. nice things. Yeah. And I think, like, people now, if they go to the pub, they'd rather spend a little bit more yeah. for something a little bit better. Yeah. Um, I just think historically here, like, all your options have been so bad. It's, like, mm. bad food and bad, bad beer. Mm. And now, like... The, the kind of better food probably mm. came before the beer and now mm. it, it, it all just makes sense like mm. you'd rather drink two pints of something nice yeah. than three or four pints of something that doesn't doesn't taste of anything yeah I find the craft beer world very interesting there's a I've got a good good friends in Jersey in Channel Islands and there's a mate of mine, Adam, every time I go there, he always wants to go to a particular pub and it's full of, it's basically this thing's craft beer and it's one of these ones that has, I don't know, six or seven, maybe more than that actually, on kegged and then bottles from like everywhere around the world, you know? Mm. And that, that thing is um, such a huge array and it's, it's actually, for me, it's just too much. Because all of them were like, you know, twig and otter pops or whatever, you know, some flavours. And, yeah, yeah. and they're like, I just want a nice IPA or a nice pale ale or just a nice, you know, just a nice beer. I don't want, and don't get me wrong, I imagine it's the same in the wine world or the whatever, you know, world. There's always these incredibly complex, sophisticated flavours. Yeah. But as long as, <laughs> my thing is like, have them, but then also have an okay beer because it's almost like, I get. I feel like people are trying to outcraft each other, and you're like, "Well, yeah, yeah." I don't need to talk about the hops. I just want to have a chat about your life. You know, I mean, we could talk about the hops a little bit if you want, but that's not the be all and end all about having a beer. <laughs> no, totally. I think well, that's that's kind of our thing as well is that we just beer, brew beer that we want to drink, yeah. and yeah. and the emphasis being on drinking it. Yeah. Um. You know, I guess the kind of comparison with food would be like a Michelin star place. You know, there's like nine course tasting menus. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and like some sort of weird IPA that's you know I think my dad was telling me he had a beer the other day they put squid ink into it and stuff it's like <laughs> what's the why like what's, literally what's the point but um, I don't know there's something for everyone isn't there I guess oh, and, yeah. and, that, and that you know for some people like being a craft beer snob or aficionado or whatever is, yeah. is literally that's their identity yeah that's true. it's like people who spend their life like seeking out obscure new yeah. bands like, yeah yeah so I think it's cool I think it's good that people are doing these yeah, things and they do trickle down um, into mass you know imagine the first person who brewed an IPA like a, a, not a not the old school IPA that was used literally to go on the boats to India yeah. but like the new school IPA yeah. where you're putting loads of hops and stuff yeah. in I'm sure the first person who brewed that everyone thought they were a lunatic so like this, the sour beer movement for example is is something that's getting popular. Mm, that's that when I last went to this particular pub, 
all the people I was with were talking about sour beers. <laughs> yeah. I think they're horrible. I, I had one, I think they're horrible. Yeah. I feel like it's gone off. I mean, I'm probably, I get it, I'm probably saying stupid things and maybe in 20 years if anyone listens to this, I'll be like, listen to what you said about sour yeah, beers. As they crack up and can of <laughs> sour Heineken. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I, I take that, but... Um, for me, I mean, actually, that's not. I I tried so again at this pub. I tried to order uh, a normal beer, and I end up getting a sour by mistake because there's just so many on the menu. I, just, I literally, by the time the waitress came, yeah. I picked one, and and it was awful. But weirdly, by the time I got to the end, I'd started to. I didn't discover like any beer. I didn't throw it away. I just yeah, plowed yeah, yeah, yeah. into it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I started enjoying it by the end. Fan, fan boy, fan girl here, but I love your brand. And I, how much did you, uh, how much do the mountains affect the taste or the concept of what you're doing, or how does that really play into the what you do with your beer? Mm. Uh, I mean, like probably subconsciously, it defines quite a lot of what we do without even mm. even realizing it. Because yeah. I think anyone who starts a business here, mm. it's also a lifestyle thing. Yeah, you know, you want to be able to go skiing or yeah. biking or whatever like that's, yeah. that's an important thing obviously the irony is when you get busier you can never bloody do those things but um, yeah I think so Sapodia the, the, the word Sapodia which yeah. is the name of the business uh, and that's something that Ash um, that was kind of his he I didn't have any ideas for a name and he was just like Sapodia and I was like what the hell does that mean <clears throat> it was actually his email address yeah. and um, so Ash is very Ash speaks fluent French and he's very into kind of um, his other job is like reading maps and, and, and planning his mountain bike uh, event. Yeah. So it's a lot of like looking at old maps and the yeah. kind of history of areas that he's traveling through. And he's, I don't know whether he'd admit it or not, but I think he's quite interested in that kind of like historical stuff. Yeah. Especially in language as well. Cause yeah. he, he speaks French, German and English. So he's, wow. he's yeah. So like kind of, how words go together and stuff, I think yeah. you can pick up on that a bit better. Yeah. So for me, I was just like, um, I don't know, we'll name after a mountain or something, <laughs> like, which is like really cliche, isn't it? But um, no, so, so Sepulgia basically means, um, it's basically the Latin word for Savoir, uh, which is the region that, of yeah. France that we're in. Yeah. Um, but but actually, in a, in a more detailed level, it actually means um, like the Pied de Sapin, so it's like the land of the uh, coniferous Pine, pine, pine tree oh, sort of thing. Oh, I know that. Yeah, so that's why our logo is the, is the tree. Right. Um, and if you get really into it, like the history of the Savoir, like the ancient Savoir is really interesting. And uh, like a lot of Italy used to be part of it and mm. it was a really big area and um, obviously it was an independent state from France. Yeah. And then like a rigged referendum um, so I'd become part of France so it's the history is really interesting and, and actually when we started the business our Instagram was a lot of it was telling the historical story of, of the region sort of thing so yeah like that's how Sapodi came about yeah and um, and like one thing we do get complimented a lot is, is the branding which we're really happy with that was yeah. like so hard to get right yeah and yeah. Um, like, a shout out to Alex who's our graphic designer who probably puts up with us literally moving like um, letters millimeters left and right just to get things right but I think you know um, you need to do that for things to be good yeah. you need to be yeah. really really anal to get yeah, things yeah. 
to get things right to get like yeah. a brand story right to get the kind yeah. of visual visual yeah. of a brand is, is difficult but yeah yeah and then so yeah come to the so come to the beer names like cosmique yeah. ipa yeah. Um, is our american style ipa yeah. yeah it's named after a ski running you know, an off-piece ski line in chamonix mm. that's like really heavily influenced yeah and then lost in the woods which is our best-selling beer we infuse it with um needles from from pine trees nice so so that's kind that's of a very good beer yeah so <laughs> so yeah and then i guess i guess we use water from the mountains yeah but yeah we don't really pick that up too much um but this isn't it isn't it quite an ecological thing to do to be using water from the mountains i guess so yeah just yeah i mean it's um it's really good water to start mm. with i mean it's yeah. really good water whereas like a lot I mean breweries in London for example they're having to add all sorts of stuff to their water oh, really? to get it to to get it to like a well you've had a pint of water in London I guess it didn't taste very good does it yeah it's not, it's not I've actually had pints of water that taste a lot worse outside London but I think I've never I'd never want to go into a water works or whatever they are in London and see what they have to do to, no. to, to get it to drink yeah. quality but then brewers have to add uh, stuff to that water to then make it kind of useful for brewing to, mm. to, to pull out um, yeah. basically adjusting the pH of the water to complement the hops they're using or whatever and oh, we're really right. fortunate that the water that comes out of the tap just seems to work I mean maybe down the line we'll, we'll do some tweaks with the water as well on the yeah. beers but we're lucky that we're not having to do huge amounts well no it works I, do, I, I certainly enjoy a glass water up the mountains more, than, no more than anywhere else <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's one of the good things We thought two years ago we were ahead of the wave, and I still kind of feel like the wave hasn't um, hasn't broken yet. Do you know yeah. what I mean? We're still we're still uh, still maybe a bit ahead of where we want to be. But I, I don't know. Every winter season, it just seems like craft beer is just becoming more and more of a thing. Yeah, yeah. I definitely feel that that way. Even from when we opened the bar a few years ago to where we are now, it's like hmm. you need an option. It used to be like isn't it cool they've got a craft beer whereas now if you don't you know it's a problem yeah so yeah yeah, yeah exactly like you you probably wouldn't go somewhere because they don't have a craft beer but yeah 10 of the other bars do so yeah yeah and that's interesting actually so how does that work for you as a, as a bar owner do you because you initially initially differentiate yourself quite well because you were probably one of the first to have well you were the first in teen to have up and like have local craft beer yeah and did other, were other, I mean, I've definitely met other bar owners coming to your bar drink to drink my beer. Sort of yeah, 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 yeah. So what impact do you think that had like in terms of you guys being like essentially the first? I mean, we're glad we did it. We always wanted to do it. We didn't, I don't think we ever thought of it. So yeah, we, do we think, I don't know. We didn't think of it as a market differential. We just thought we want to have good beer and, and local beer if preferable because it's, if you're on holiday and you have a pint of locally brewed beer from the valley yeah you go back to your friends and if you enjoy it you do something to tell them about isn't it it's quite a nice thing to add to your holiday um uh, i think now i think we've you know with everything we've done with the bar we've tried to uh make it um good product and everything so i think that we still got that kind of reputation as having somewhere you can go get good beer or good food so hopefully that will carry through i mean obviously you know we're always looking to do the a good good thing and the mm. next bit you know next thing but it's, it doesn't mean you have to keep 
we're not going to go down the route of being a super uh, whatever the bar describes as you know super crazy craft beer yeah, yeah, yeah. 700 different types so I don't think that we'll do that but you know we're just trying to keep it fresh I don't know where it's going to go in terms of beer in over here I think that yeah I think that craft beer is going to keep going and going and going but you're always going to get a group of lads coming that want to juggle lager uh, they want to juggle lager for 12 euros or whatever it is yeah, yeah. Um, and but I'd say this year pretty enough this year it's hard talking in years now of the pandemic isn't it but whenever before this pandemic thing happened um the months leading up to that i noticed that you know like we have amstel on tap lager and it was like it's just like never going anywhere people just because it's a cheap pint and we can mm. do it cheap people buy it and yeah. it just it does not stop selling but this year well, the months leading up to the pandemic, I noticed that it was not our bestseller. And that was a real um, turning point. Because mm. I'm not even, I don't mean by uh, um, price, by volume. I was like, wow. So that's that was a real turning point. And for, that's, I think, a marker of not just... Of all bars in the Alps, I think they're starting to go that way. It's, um, people want a, want a nice pint. So I think it's going to get competitive with craft beer. How do you think, with everything going on at the moment, uh, what do you think is going to happen to the drinks industry? Do you think it will just bounce back to normal? Do you think people drink more? Do you think it will be a long time to get back to normal? Or? I think humans by nature are very social. Yeah. Very social animals. And I've lost count of the amount of people who've said to me, like, I just want to go to the pub. Yeah. And <clears throat> I'm really thinking we're going to have a big kind of two-year almost like post-war style like yeah. just boom like you know yeah. i think i really genuinely i really hope for that yeah, yeah. not just for my business but for every business yeah. like not even just in the alps like everywhere like especially yeah. in hospitality who've yeah. been who've been really struggling because you know people want to travel people want to experience things people yeah, want to, yeah. people want to and maybe now people just want to eat and drink yeah, good yeah. things as well you know yeah, they, yeah. um and it's shit because a lot of people have lost jobs but the flip side to that is there's a lot of people with a lot of money burning a hole in their pocket right now. Yeah. Who've been on furlough or they've, yeah. they've still got their job but they can't travel. So yeah, people yeah. are going to... I think there's going to be like some big blowouts going on. And we've all missed birthdays and weddings and... Yeah. And there's I, all that stuff to catch I, up on. And I share the same optimism and I actually think... Um, what is it like? I've got... So I've got pine glasses here as you can see and occasionally I'll go and get some beer from the shop and I'll pour couple of 25cl bottles into a pint glass so it feels like i'm having a pint <laughs> and it's just more enjoyable it's for some reason having it in a pint glass rather than a bottle even though it's bottled beer feels more enjoyable and i can't put my hand in it it's the same like i don't know if you if you've got taken it but going to the pub and having a pint even though you're literally consuming the same thing just is so much different it's a, such a different experience people would miss that so why do you think certain villages and towns have come to be historically because if you hear my you can, I can I can tell you my thoughts is basically way back when yeah farmers would be yeah uh, doing their thing yeah and at the end of the day everyone wanted to get together and yeah. kind of have refreshment yeah, after a yeah. hard day so someone then starts brewing beer right 
that place then needs they then need a place to sell the beer. Yeah. So they build a pub. Yeah. Then people start coming to go to the pub. And from that, a small little society yeah. starts to build. Yeah, yeah. And like you could argue the pub is like the heart of any yeah. any sort of society. Yeah. And I think that kind of shows the human condition yeah. quite well, is that we do want to just kind of have something to congregate and yeah. like I'm quite happy to go to the pub and, and people always say to me like, Oh it's it's stellar, is that right? I'm like, Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. not I don't care. Like because yeah, yeah, yeah. a lot of it is just being in there. Yeah. And like yeah, you're with your mates, you're having a laugh, yeah, and then yeah. like you're looking over, and there's like a couple who are on the first Tinder day or whatever, yeah, and you're yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you're like watching this, you're like, yeah, what's yeah, going yeah, on? Is yeah, that yeah. going? And then like I don't know, there's like a live band on, yeah. and then and then like some of my best, well, like met you guys in the pub, for example. Yeah, like, so, so yeah. Some of my best mates are just purely from things that have gone on in in pubs, yeah. like and. You know, alcohol lowers your inhibitions. You talk to people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You chat shit to people. Yeah. You learn stuff, and you can't do that on Zoom. Yeah, as much as you try. Yeah. You know, this is it, and also, like, yeah, that's so true. Which is the the nature of pub public house. You know, it was a it was a public house. Yeah. It's like people didn't used to have living rooms. Yeah. So they would go down the pub public house, and um, I find it fascinating what it's doing. Like the lack of. Like you say, like you go into a pub not just to see your mates, but to enjoy the being out in the real world and being alive. Yeah, and yeah. it's um, it's amazing how how people. I think one of the good things to come out of this this whole period is just deep appreciation of what it means to have a pint. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, not I mean to have a pint rather than uh, just have a pint in your house, and I just can't wait to get. It back in there and um you know every time we go into the bar now and it's obviously shut and i just i look at the pumps and i look at so i even if i look at like the tables or i just could you know like you would in the movie picture it when it was open and yeah, people yeah. chatting and having a good time and you have these kind of really nice images and and yeah i just miss it can't wait That was Tim from Supportia Brewing Company. Um, please go check them out. Check them out on social media. Um, they've been delivering kegs during lockdown, little mini kegs. Um, but yeah, hopefully you'll be able to have a pint of their brew um, very quick, soon in a pub. Um, everything going well. Um, thanks again for listening. Um, if you do like it, please do like and subscribe. Or send me a little message. Um, that would be wonderful. Um, yeah otherwise take it very steady yeah hopefully see you in the pub soon